Hello and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. Today we're talking about Lent and about giving up, not chocolate, but giving up control. See you in a moment. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Elevate Ordinary. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. And I'm Teresa Grodi. And we're back with another conversation about the ordinary pursuit of goodness. No, no, no. Truth, goodness, and beauty. The order is important. And we're glad that you're joining us again uh, for this conversation. Before we get into it, I just want to remind you, as always, that uh, if you like what we're doing here on this show in Awaken Catholic, we invite you to go to awakencatholic.org slash donate um, to become part of the Awaken Nation, people who are supporting this ministry of sharing truth through beauty. Uh, and also, if you if you download the app, we've got an app, and it's really cool. It's, it's really the awakenapp.io. Awesome. <laughs> you can download it at uh, your favorite app stores. Um, and we have a growing community of people who are, are, who are um, entering these discussions with us and, and trying to live out the Catholic life fully uh, and supporting this mission through donations or through their prayer and their, and their participation. It's really cool. It's a great group of people. We'd love to have you as a part of it. And finally... Our sponsor today is Hallow, the Hallow app, another great app, hallow.app slash awaken. If you go through that link, uh, it supports our ministry and you get a free 30-day trial premium subscription of the Hallow app. And it's awesome. We've been listening to the Father Mike Schmidt's Bible in a Year podcast through the Hallow app, and it's just so good, so good. Great, perfect thing for your for your Lenten. Yeah, I, I always yeah. make John Mark do the ads because I feel... Like, I'm just not good. He's a pro. I'm not. And I hadn't been doing the Hallow app. Um, what's it called? The, Ad. I just said yeah. it. Sorry, because I've never used it. And I used it the other night to fall asleep. And it was amazing. I think I did a five-minute meditation. And I don't even remember the end of it because I was out like a light. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, our little girls have been listening to Jonathan Rumi, who's the star of the uh, the show The Chosen. He plays Jesus on that awesome show, and he has a meditation in the app, and it's just, it's really good. So, uh, we're talking about Lent today. It's one of the things, and so if you're looking for an additional uh, way of getting into prayer for that bit of your Lenten practice, then the Hallow app is a good place to go. So, hallow.app slash awaken is the place sure to go. Slash awaken, slash for, awaken. Sure. <laughs> for sure. So, before we get into it, Teresa, you had you wanted to start us out with a fun well, question Well, I did want to say yes. that this is such an important Lent Guys, this is a big deal, okay? This is the first time I am actually going to be fasting on Ash Wednesday in 10 years. Why? Because <laughs> I'm always pregnant and breastfeeding. Always, always, always. And in two weeks from now, I will, I'm neither pregnant nor breastfeeding. So what can happen in two weeks? I am going to actually fast on Ash Wednesday. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. So I wanted to ask you, so I feel like there are two kinds of people in the world, mm-hmm. okay? People who hate Lent, they see it coming, and we wish we had a little bit longer in ordinary time, and I wish we didn't have to get into the season, mm-hmm. and people who love Lent, <laughs> who are like, I'm ready to do the fasting. You're, you're like an Exodus 90 guy, mm-hmm. and you're always just like, I'm going to do this. We're going to have cold showers. We're going to have... No eating between meals, no alcohol. <laughs> and you're like ready to go. And I'm just like, can't ordinary time last a little longer? Yeah. 
So which are you? Well, tell us in the comments. If you're in the app, tell us in the comments. Yeah, of the app. Yeah. Tell us in the comments. But oh, babe, I don't know if you intended this, but that is such a perfect segue in this episode. I didn't intend that because both of those groups ahead. of people, <laughs> you might think that that those th- those two groups of people are on uneven footing when it comes to having a good Lent. And you'd be wrong. Both of those people have the same difficult task ahead of them when it comes to Lent or any other spiritual practice in the church. And actually, that's what, that's what we're talking about today. That's That was my little teaser at the beginning because it's about, well, no, I'm not going to give it away. Let's begin. Good place to begin here, if I can reach it, is to uh, start with the catechism. And as we've said before, if you're not reading the catechism, if you don't go to the catechism and look up uh, topics that you're interested in, you're, you're just missing such a treasure trove. It's a treasure trove of, of scripture and the church fathers and, and you know, good trusty teaching of the church. And it, it's so readable and so packed with just amazing stuff. So and it's I think we're talking about treasure. the green catechism. What year? Oh, this is. Because there are many editions brown. of the catechisms. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's the it's, same. It's the same the, thing. You can look it up what on the year? website. Oh, I don't, I don't Okay, I never mind. It here. Is it 79 or something like that? Uh, 1994? 90, nah, whatever. I don't know. Read the catechism. <laughs> it's pretty good. I am turning to uh, the section in the catechism. This is in uh, the larger section on the celebration of the Christian mystery. This is paragraph 1434 under the heading, The Many Forms of Penance in Christian Life. I'm just going to read a few little bits. Again, we're thinking about Lent ahead of here. We're thinking about the practices associated with it. We're trying to um, understand, refresh our memory about what the, the spirit of Lent is. What What's the point of the Lenten practices of, of uh, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving? So, beginning paragraph 1434. The interior penance of the Christian can be expressed in many and various ways. Scripture and the fathers insist above all on three forms, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, which express conversion in relationship to uh, oneself, to God, and to others. Alongside the radical purification brought about by baptism or martyrdom, they cite as means of obtaining forgiveness of sins, efforts at reconciliation with one's neighbor, tears of repentance, concern for the salvation of one's neighbor, the intercession of the saints, and the practice of charity, which, quote, covers a multitude of sins. Now, jumping ahead just a little bit here. Conversion is accomplished in daily life by gestures of reconciliation, concern for the poor, the exercise and defense of justice and right, by the admission of faults to one's brethren, fraternal correction, revision of life, examination of conscience, spiritual direction, acceptance of suffering, endurance of persecution for the sake of righteousness, taking up one's cross each day and following Jesus is the surest way of penance. And then jumping ahead again for one more small piece, this is uh, 1438. The seasons and days of penance in the course of the liturgical year, Lent, and each Friday in memory of the death of our Lord, are intense moments of the church's penitential practice. These times are particularly appropriate for spiritual exercises, penitential liturgies, pilgrimages as signs of penance, voluntary self-denial, such as fasting and almsgiving, and fraternal sharing, charitable and missionary works. Okay, a whole lot there. If you want to go back and read some of that bit, that, that all begins on paragraph 1434 in the Catechism. But that was a little, a little refresher on, you know, that we have these, we have a need, we, we recognize as Christians our need for conversion, our need for making reparation for our own sins and other people's, you know, for the world's sins, that we participate with Christ in his redemptive work by, by doing penance. Um, and that the church gives us particular times and seasons for doing that. So every Friday is sort of a little mini Lent, and then every 
Lent is sort of a large Friday. No, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Lenten season is a particular time for us to really dig into this, this <clears throat> life of penance that we're called to. But the, the thing I wanted to zero in on a little bit today, you know, it mentioned those, those three primary forms that this takes, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. That's what we think about when Lent comes around, usually as Catholics, you know, we're encouraged to, you know, pick up an additional bit of prayer and uh, a fasting or ascetical practice during Lent, and w- as well as almsgiving, some work of charity we can do. But I wanted to particularly focus on that, that um, it, it referenced uh, a bit from the Gospel of Matthew, where, uh, again, Jesus uh, calls us to this self-denial. It mentioned voluntary self-denial. And I wanted to reflect on that voluntary self-denial today. So, um, again, just real quickly, that bit from Matthew, this is a reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, Then Jesus told his disciples, if any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? I mean, that, that verse that we've all heard many times before, so powerful, but I wanted to zero in on today is that um, in the Christian life, self-denial, this concept of, of self-denial is not optional. It's something we're called to. If we would follow after Jesus, we have to deny ourselves. Now, what does that, what does that mean? That's what I want to reflect on a bit today, mm-hmm. the self-denial. And I think of it in terms of our Lenten practices because um, what I, what I, one thing I think I've, I've, I've learned by experience a little bit, I've been exploring my own spiritual life, is just how... Um, the self-denial we're called to and the Lenten practices we're called to, we can get focused on the plan. We can get focused on the things themselves, but the real purpose of all those things is for us to trust in Jesus and to give over our will and to seek to do God's will. I mean, this brings us back to, again, your question at the beginning, the two types of people when it comes to Lent, right? There are people who love Lent because yes, you know, I get to do a plan and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be intense and it's going to be a challenge. Great. You have the people who hate it. In some sense, both of those people, by temperament or whatever they are, they both struggle with the same core issue when it comes to Lent, which is that they're struggling with their will versus God's will. You know, when I'm uh, so often I found in my life that I do tend to be a person who who wants to jump into a program, a plan and, you know, the the intensity of it, but it's because it's something I want to do. I'm excited about it. And I, I was reflecting lately on how. I think I, I have an affinity for plans and programs because they give me a sense of more of a sense of control. You know, I can mm-hmm. control myself and my circumstances by by getting into a new program or plan of life or rule of life. And those have their place and they're necessary. But the, the whole point here is that they're a means to what? Mm-hmm. You know, they're a means to to lead us to that place where we begin to let go of not what I want, not not my will be done, but thy will be done. That's really interesting because I am the exact opposite. And I don't think I ever realized <laughs> this until we've been married 10 years. I don't yes. think I've ever realized this, yes. but I hate plans. I hate structure yeah. because I like being free. Mm-hmm. Like I, I came across this video on YouTube once. Yeah. I don't even know how I did. I was like putting a baby to sleep and watching you know, YouTube on captions. And it was this film channel where they were discussing like this particular trope yeah. that they write into movies. Mm-hmm. And it was like 
the manic pixie dream girl trope. (laughs) And it was the closest thing I've ever had to an existential crisis. I was like, this is me. This is me. Manic like, pixie dream girl. <laughs> like the person who but just like my manic pixie flits dream girl. <laughs> into someone's life and jumps in fountains and runs about, you know. Um, so I hate plans. I hate structure. We mm. chose to homeschool our children and it took you years to get me into like seeing the benefits of a routine. Like, <laughs> Teresa, even if it's just from breakfast to lunch, <laughs> you can you can move those times around. Yeah, like yeah. I never kept a planner. I never... Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Ooh, I just spilled my coffee everywhere. You know what? Sorry, this is Nick God teaching you to That's just right. be, you know, availed to the spirit, <laughs> you know, it's teaching Nick to be availed to, to circumstances cause we ruined his table, you know, like it's just, we're all growing in detachment today. Yeah. Yeah. That up. Anyway, no, well, there's no, anyway, anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, but that, that, that is the point. That's again, it's so, it's so, so this great is going to be a very you, balanced reflection. It's so great that you began with that, that, uh, that recognition that there are, yeah, there's two different instinctive attitudes towards Lent. But again, like, as I'm saying that they both struggle with the same issue is that what we want to, both of those groups by obediently accepting from the church uh, direction on, on what to, to uh, how, uh, on prayer and fasting and almsgiving. The point for both of those groups is to push through to the point where you'll find, if you take any fast, and I actually, we're always talking about Andrew Reinhardt on this this show. Because he's the best. Because he's the best. (laughs) One time during college, I was struggling with with my spiritual life, and we were talking, and for some reason we were talking about fasting, and he gave me the advice that, hey, you know, you need to make it simpler on yourself. Just fast from something simple like milk, he said. And I was like, well, that won't work, Andrew, because I don't really drink milk, barely ever. And, and his advice was, well, just do that anyway, because here's what's going to happen. The moment you decide you're going to fast from milk, then for, the, for as long as that fast goes, you're just going to be desperate for some milk <laughs> and everybody's going to be offering you milk. And like milk <laughs> is just going to become um, the, the point being that whenever you pick up a fast, whenever you make a plan for yourself, again, those are necessary and important. You know, a prayer routine, uh, a, a discipline of fasting or asceticism, uh, something like that you know, or a work of charity you set out to do. At the beginning, typically, especially for the person who's rah-rah about the plan, there is a, an additional sense of control and excitement around that thing. You're doing it because, yeah, it's for God and and because and you love God and you want to do his will. But it's also a lot about you and yourself. Yeah, plans have benefits, and I'm going to get the benefits <laughs> from this plan I'm making. <laughs> it's going to be so great, yes. And God is also going to be happy as well. Yes. But the Part point the is that, that there's going to come a point in that practice where you know, your excitement wanes, your enthusiasm wanes, um, you're tired of the plan. Um, and maybe you've even messed up the plan a few times so that there's not, you can, there's not even the gratification of not breaking the streak. <laughs> the Seinfeld thing of don't break the streak, don't break the chain. You know, you can't even have the gratification of doing that anymore because you've already messed it up a few times. At some point, all the other self will, all the other reasons that you were doing this are going to dry up and you're going to find a moment and hopefully many moments where it becomes simply a matter of, I, I, as you said, I, I remain free. God's given me free will. And now I have this unique opportunity that I didn't really have before to say, no, I'm going to do this thing, not because of the plan and not because I want to, because I don't want to anymore. And not because I'm going to, you know, feel tough and, and, and not break the chain because I've already broken it. I'm going to do this next thing 
I'm going to keep the fast today because mm-hmm. I want to love God. I've got something in my throat. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Go ahead. It's coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, Father Mike Schmitz has been saying in his Bible in a year program yeah. that like the hardest day mm-hmm. to continue with a habit is the day after you forgot the habit. Uh-huh. So like, yes, you know, you, you get to that point where yeah. you've messed up, you've right. done the thing you weren't supposed to do for Lent and you're ashamed of yourself. Stupid yeah. me. I ate all that chocolate and I knew I was eating the chocolate, but then the next day is the hardest, but it's also like the most efficacious, right. the most full of grace and the biggest and best sacrifice you can do for our Lord in reparation. Yes. What you read in reparation for souls in reparation for my sins. Mm-hmm. Um, like that act of, because that's pride Yes. where you're like, I, I am stupid. I ate the chocolate. doesn't matter. It all doesn't right. matter. I don't care. I'm stupid. I couldn't even get through Lent. Yeah. That's the pride. And you squash that pride when you start back up with your Lenten penance the next day or, you know, the next yeah. moment or whatever for in a 24 hour yeah. day. Um, so I wanted to tell you a little bit about my background with fasting yeah, yeah. and Lent and stuff. Um, so when I had my conversion, it was really miraculous. <laughs> so I went from being a typical college kid one day to like reading a book and having an instantaneous conversion the next day. Um, and I learned first about fasting from Medjugorje because I made a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. And when you go there, you fast on Wednesdays and Fridays on bread and water. And so when I came home, I kept that up for a long time and I loved it. I loved fasting. I loved going to daily mass. I loved going to adoration as much as I could. Like I would even take those, those holy hours in the middle of the night or like the all night adoration. I remember one time we went to, um, the March for life in DC and there were like a handful of students who wanted to do this all night adoration instead of sleeping but the night before the March. <laughs> and I was one of those students and the guy I liked was behind me. Uh, oh, Not you. Sorry, babe. Oh, okay. But, and I didn't want him to see me sleep. So I stayed up all night in adoration that night. But like, that was kind of how I was coming to marriage where I was just like, I am doing as much spiritual practice as I possibly can. And I mean, like, that's a good thing. I see that as a huge grace period in my life. Okay. But when I became a mother and we moved like out in the middle of a cornfield and we only had one car that you would take to work. Okay. I had to like slowly come to terms with the fact that I didn't get to go to daily mass because honestly we couldn't afford the gas to drive 17 minutes to town and back. And you had the car and like, there were just a a bunch of different reasons why my spiritual life became less liturgical. Um, and then when I got pregnant and was breastfeeding, um, I wanted to fast, but I couldn't fast because I would get sick. You know, the Ash Wednesday came up and it's like, well, yeah, pregnant and, and breastfeeding women are, are exempt, but that's just for people who don't take their faith seriously. That's just like a concession that <laughs> the, the church what, people made oh so that yeah. people don't like diabetics don't try to fast and they pass out. Right. But, um, learning, learning to become obedient to that was really difficult. And I think I finally, finally gave it up when I was pregnant, excuse me, when I was breastfeeding our third child, because she wasn't a newborn. So it's not like she was a hundred percent necessarily sustained by my, well, she was, but doesn't matter. And so I was just thinking like, well, it's Ash Wednesday, you know, the baby's this much old. I can like breast, 
that f- the breastfeeding women being exempt is just silly. It's just fluffy. It's not for me. So that day I decided to eat normal meals, but eat nothing between meals, you know, eat no meat and only drink water that day. Okay. Mm-hmm. So our baby was up for about seven days straight in the middle of the night, nursing all night because I reduced my calories so severely. And even though like I was eating an abundance of calories and I went down to three meals a day, I reduced my calories. I reduced my fat intake. I changed my diet so much that the baby, like my milk went, my milk dropped. And so what she did was she stayed up all night nursing. And so I was up all night with no sleep. And I'm just sitting here thinking like, this is all because of my pride. Like God is showing, God is showing me that I need to be obedient instead of trying to be extra penitential and like thinking other people who, you know, just let it out the window because they're pregnant or breakfast eating. Those are, those are silly people, you know, and I'm not a silly person. I'm a real Catholic. (laughs) Oh boy. But that's where I was. That's where I was. You know what I mean? And that baby taught me that the church was right. You know, and it may not be that dramatic for everybody, but it was really the issue of pride. God knew exactly what was going to knock me out um, and show me that I was a son of a gun. Right. Well, yeah, it it may not be as dramatic for everyone, but it is going to happen to us all. That's that's part of this journey of life is precisely this issue. I mean, we, we get, you get the big sins out of your life. Great. You keep working on the little sins. You keep, keep growing, keep growing in your faith, keep growing in virtue. There's a, there's an underlying thread in all of that, that we're always going to be wrestling with this side of heaven. And that's this attachment to self underlying all of our attachments to maybe sinful things, or even our disordered attachments to good things mm-hmm. underlying all that is this, this want, this wrestling with God, thy will or my will, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, Kreeft likes to say, Peter Kreeft likes to say, you know, or maybe he's drawing from Lewis. I don't remember that in the end, this is Lewis. Yeah, definitely. That God, either uh, we will say to God, thy will be done, or God will say to us, thy will be done. Like that's, that's where we're proceeding to one of those two outcomes at the end of our life, you know? And so again, we, we have different temperaments. Some of us, you know, love discipline. Some of us love you know, reading. Some of us, you know, relish the challenge. Some of us really experience, you know, the right up front, this wrestling of will when we're being asked to do something we don't want to do. But the point is we all have, are under the same difficulty, the same journey outside of ourselves, this ecstasis to leave, you know, the, the, the cave of our, of our, of our self, our ego, our pride to turn outward and be able to, to, to say thy will be done, God. You know, it actually brings me to, you know, I wanted to reflect a little bit, um, you know, with you, Teresa, and with, with, with you, our friends, the audience here, um, going into this Lent, uh, consider maybe, maybe think through the, the, the prayer of the, our father, in a new way. Um, and this, this way of looking at the, our father is applicable to so many aspects of life, but I'm going to, I'm going to pray the, our father here for a moment. And I want you to listen to it and listen to it. You may have not, maybe you've heard of this before, but recognize that there is a series of petitions in the, our father. So listen for the petitions, the things that we're asking God in the, our father, in the name of the father and the son of the Holy spirit, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now note, if you will, I think it was a, a Dominican priest preaching at our parish that pointed this out uh, for the first time to me, that again, there's a series of petitions in the Our Father, and they are actually in a particular order. They um, are in order of importance. You know, certainly we ask God to give us our daily bread, deliver us from evil things, difficulties. Um, but right up in the, in the beginning of that prayer, we're asking God, may thy name be hallowed. Father, may thy name be hallowed. May thy kingdom come. May thy will be done. Those three petitions are first and foremost in that prayer. That's what, when Christ teaches us to pray in the Our Father, he directs us first that, that ultimately the most important thing that we're praying for is that God be praised and that his will be done. And then we proceed into the other, the other concerns of our life. You know, give us our daily bread. Take care of us, our creaturely needs, our spiritual needs. Forgive us our sins, certainly. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from, from evil, from the difficulties in life, from the, from the things that might take us away from you, certainly. But even in all those things, even in those ways that I think I need to be taken care of, even in the ways I think I need to be forgiven, even in the, 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 the dangers I think I need to be delivered from, in the way I think I need to be delivered from them, there's still a me in all those. There's still, Lord, do it my way. And so there's a reason why at the beginning, right up on the, the front of the, the Our Father prayer, Christ directs us that ultimately this is about praying, thy will be done, not my will be done. And as we go into Lent, I think it's really important to, to, to reflect on that because whatever prayer that you, you take on for Lent, additional prayer, additional fasting or ascetic practices or almsgiving, you know, works of charity here, recognize that um, making that plan is a good thing, a necessary thing. We take that on. But then recognize that it's going to be a journey and the, the journey, the destination that that journey is proceeding to is that moment precisely when all of your props have fallen away, all of the motivation, all the enthusiasm, all the extra reasons why you wanted this to happen. In fact, maybe you can't even see how this has improved my life. You may get, you know, two weeks in or four weeks in and it's like, you know what? I'm not even feeling the Lord in prayer. I'm feeling dry. I'm feeling empty. And what's the point of even continuing to not eat chocolate anyway, you know, <laughs> after all this? It's precisely at that moment that you you encounter a new space of freedom where you can decide what to do. You know, finally, finally your, your will and God's will have reached a, f- a fork in the road. And you can make this voluntary choice, again, as, as Christ commanded us, and as it was referenced there in the catechism, this self-denial. And that's, again, what all this proceeds to, is that in the end, it's about laying down my life. Again, that's, that was in that reference there. Laying down my life uh, and inviting God in. Oh, say a prayer for me this Lent, if you will, <laughs> this poor, silly person. Because being pregnant and breastfeeding for 10 years is like, like everything has to do with food. (laughs) I never deny myself food. I never deny unless I I have a diet plan that I want to, you know, kind of lob some pounds off before I get pregnant again. But, um, yeah, the idea of self denial, denying myself food Mm -hmm. for God is really hard to grasp right now. (laughs) Yeah. So. Well, and, and I guess all of us to consider as, as we look ahead to this Lent or, or 
maybe it's already started by the time you watch this and you need to pick up the pace a little bit. Again, recognize that it's not just about food. You know, you need to you need to pick. It's uh, going to be about food. For well, you need to pick a fasting, <laughs> you know, some sort of thing to give up that. Um, I mean, oftentimes, yeah, we either we either just do the same old thing or maybe we try to pick something that's too hard for us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so that all of our focus ends up becoming on on the difficult thing. The reality is you can give up something quite simple. Um, and the the lack, the seeming lack of difficulty isn't the isn't a big isn't that big of a deal because the whole point is you're still going to get to that point. Again, if you give up milk, you're still going to get to that moment where there's no reason to continue with this promise that I made, this resolution that I made mm-hmm. other than I'll do it for the love of God. Yeah. You know, thy yeah. will be done. You know, that thy name be praised God. <laughs> there's no, no, no other good to come out of this, mm-hmm. but at least there's that, there's that I can give you that. Yeah. So anyway, I hope that that was thought provoking. You know, again, check out that bit from the catechism on Lent and on fasting and almsgiving and penance. And um, as you go into your Lent, we'd love to hear what you're doing. You know, the ways that you're uh, that you're taking on this penitential practice of this season, um, and maybe some of your experiences. You know, how have you how your experiences, your reflections on uh, the ways that these these various practices lead us to this self denial we're called to, this laying down of my life, my will so that I can uh, say to God, thy will be done. I'd love to hear what you think about that. I want to give just a tiny plug for Mary's Meals. Oh, yes. Mary's Meals is a charity that we typically choose to give our alms to during Advent um, and Lent. Um, Our one daughter is just obsessed with Mary's Meals. She (laughs) wants all of the money that she earns to go into that piggy bank for Mary's Meals. Um, But please check them out. They're a thoroughly Catholic... um, charity they're feeding the world and the way in which they're feeding the world is so incredibly catholic and so um if you're always if you're hesitant about charities and you're like i don't know where this money is going please check out mary's meals Um, very unique model yeah Yeah, check that out we'll have to talk about them more in the future yeah so once again uh as i mentioned at the beginning you know if you like what we're doing here on this show elevate ordinary or here at the Awakened Catholic uh, Apostolate, please visit awakencatholic.org slash donate and become a partner in us sharing truth through beautiful media. Uh, and uh, be sure to download the app at Awaken app, theawakenapp.io or download it from the app stores. We are a community of people who want to share the truth joyfully through through beauty. Uh, and we have a growing community there, wonderful people. And we're, we're sharing this journey together. Uh, and we're sharing these conversations together, these reflections together. And we'd love you to be a part of that. So go to theawakenapp.io for more information. And again, um, kickstart for your your Lent. Download the Hallow app. Go to hallow.app/awaken, and you'll get a free uh, trial subscription of that. And you'll also be supporting our ministry at the same time. So we appreciate that. Again, thank you for joining us for this episode of Elevate Ordinary. We hope you'll, to see you again next time. God bless you. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org/donate. Hollow is the only audio-guided Catholic prayer app focused on contemplative prayer and traditional Catholic meditation such as Lexio Divina, Daily Examine, and the Rosary. 
We here at Awaken all use Hello every day and love it. To learn more or give it a try, visit hello.app slash awaken.